Hello everyone, welcome to Cinema Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror, science fiction, fantasy, gems in the rough, movies that should be seen, and I'm going to be talking about them today. <clears throat> so, uh, making you all aware of a, uh, a series of movies that is going to be coming to the Nightlight Cinema in uh, Akron, Ohio, where I work. Uh, we are now doing a what is known as tilt campaigns, and these tilt campaigns are uh, are basically going to be oh how do I uh, how how do I best describe it so that you could understand how this works so that you the listener if you're interested you can go ahead and get um, you can buy tickets because that's essentially what this is is buying tickets. Um, so the tilt campaign is. Uh, for the nightlight cinema is we get in touch with the studio uh, of a movie and we, so Paramount in, in this instance with what we've got coming up on February 29th. So we get in touch with Paramount and we find out how much it is to license a movie, a classic movie from them. They say, here's the price. And then we come up with that as well as staffing for the event and, uh, and all that good stuff. And then we come up with a dollar amount and then that dollar amount has to be, uh, reached in order for this to happen. If it doesn't, then no one's out anything, including the people that are donating funds, because if it doesn't tilt, you don't get charged, um, because it never happened. Uh, if it does tilt, then obviously then, you know, you bought the tickets because essentially you can pay for, I believe in increments of $9 because the tickets are $9 a piece. You can buy increments. You can buy one ticket or however many you want. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a, a, uh, one of those things to where you're not out anything. If you're really wanting to see a movie, a classic movie, and it works for you on that date, you can support the tilt program. And if it tilts, and at least at the nightlight, uh, nightlight cinema, uh, there's only around 50 seats. So just getting 50 people uh, to come to a special classic movie shouldn't be that difficult, but we shall see. Uh, we did it for Labyrinth. There was three showings of Labyrinth that we sold out. And uh, just recently, uh, last night actually, we did My Neighbor uh, Totoro. And that one had one sellout showing. So we got that movie in. So... The Movie Freaks have come up with a list of movies that we would like to screen at the Nightlight Cinema. And the first one out the gate is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And this one is my personal favorite of the Indiana Jones trilogy. Because uh, the Crystal Skull is its own entity, in my opinion. It's not the part of the trilogy. Uh, most people like... Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's right there with me as well. Raiders of the Lost Ark is right there. But for me, I fell in love with that series through Temple of Doom. Probably because I, it, it was a little bit more of a horror movie, more horror action, and I really liked that. So we're hoping that this thing tilts, and what's great about this is that if we raise enough money to show it, we can add another show. That's the goal, is to add numerous shows. Three is ideal. Uh, so, 
anyway, that's the, the goal is to bring Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom to the Nightlight Cinema on the big screen. And this is not a Blu-ray copy. This is actually uh, the, the movie from Paramount Pictures. They would send us what is called a DCP. And basically it's a, a on a hard drive, uh, a huge file on the hard drive. So it's going to look fantastic because we have a 2K projector at the Nightlight Cinema. So we're really, really, really hoping that this thing tilts. And if you are listening to this show, we would really appreciate it. it I know this is Cinema Soft Underbelly my show, but uh, because I am on Movie Freaks as well, and this is very much a bleed-over show here, I would very much like to see Temple of Doom tilt. So if you are at all interested in seeing the movie on the big screen, please support it, or uh, if you just think it would be cool to help us out and and get this thing shown, that's totally your prerogative. You can You can chip in a little bit that way too. And so I don't want this entire episode to be me rambling on about how you need to give money for this program and blah, blah, blah. But I am going to talk a little bit about uh, the Indiana Jones movies just because they're so cool. And one thing that I am curious about is, and maybe I'm wrong in this thinking, I'm sure that there's a bunch of uh, Italian cheesy ripoffs, but I'm surprised that there isn't more movies like the original Indiana Jones movies. It seems like such a great idea to not expound on and do more of. And, and you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a bunch of them that, that I'm not thinking of. That you know, I know that Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Nile are, are similar in tone to Indiana Jones, as is the uh, really bad canon pictures um, Alan Quartermain. There was, I believe, two Alan Quartermain movies, and those are complete knockoffs of Indiana Jones. But I'm just, I, I'm trying to think of other movies that that are similar, and I mean, I'm talking straight up ripoffs, which is fine with me if they're good. And for some reason, I, I can't think of many. And that's such a popular series to not, to not try to knock it off somehow, even even now. Uh, I know that 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 there's some superhero movies that that have a little bit of that going on. To me, the Captain America series has a little bit of that feel, a little bit. But there's something. It, it's almost like the original Star Wars movies. the The newest one came real close as far as uh, channeling that old school feel. But there's something about those Indiana Jones movies, just like the Star Wars movies, that they're just they are their own thing, and they're untouchable, it seems. And now with Star Wars, there was a glut of knockoffs, and a lot of them quite good. I, Star Trek The Motion Picture, uh, The Black Hole, uh, the Roger Corman stuff. Uh, that, that, that series literally set a, an entire genre in and of itself. Indiana Jones, however, t- does did not. Uh, and, and again, I... Maybe there's a bunch of movies that I just have never discovered or at the very least um, don't – I guess don't know about and are overseas or whatever. But to me, it's a shame that there aren't more movies, more big epic adventure movies set a long time ago like Indiana Jones you know, and even The Revenant. The Revenant was set in the 1800s. That's more of a thinking man's – uh, gritty survival tale. Uh, but just like Indiana Jones and The Revenant, 
I felt like I was transformed back to that time. So in Indiana Jones, obviously Temple of Doom was the late 30s, Raiders and uh, and the the Last Crusade were like 1940, what 42 or 43, something like that. So, uh, but I felt like I was a part of that. And rewatching these movies, no matter how many times I watch the Indiana Jones movies. I'm never I have never taken out of it like oh this is so early 80s I yeah I'm not ever the John Williams score and this uh, this could go along with Star Wars as well I with John Williams score with the episodic feel of especially the Indiana Jones movies to where it's like here's an action sequence a little bit of story next action sequence a little bit of story next action action sequence cliffhanger cliffhanger action sequence a little bit of story I love how these movies are are framed uh, as little mini action scenes all strung together by admittedly very, very cool plot points and plot twists and all that good stuff. Uh, I think that that Raiders of the Lost Ark has the best ending with the Ark of the Covenant being opened and face-meltingly awesome stuff happens. But for me, the tone of Temple of Doom, which is the first, along with Gremlins, the first of... Uh, the, the movies that brought along the rating, the, the, the new rating of PG-13, and rightly so. This movie is, and same with Raiders of the Lost Ark, these movies are practically borderline R-rated material, if not R-rated. Rewatch the the original first two, and even, even Last Crusade, but especially Raiders and Temple of Doom, there's some really graphic violence in them, much more so than PG and even PG-13. It's like there's a lot of bloodshed in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom. A guy gets his heart ripped out. There is a, a buffet of disgusting, you know, gross food that people are eating. It's out there. But the Temple of Doom is what got me. Temple of Doom and Raiders of the Lost Ark are the two movies outside of The Shining. The Shining was my – that was my foray into horror. But – Temple of Doom and Empire Strikes Back are the two movies that pretty much cemented my love of the cinema. And my mom and dad took me to both Empire and and Temple of Doom. And I recall Temple of Doom, I believe I watched that first, and I think that there was a re-release of Raiders shortly after Temple of Doom. Uh, There was a real release of some sorts of Temple of, or Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I saw both of those in the theater. Uh, fairly close to each other, but Temple of Doom was the one that stuck out in my mind the most back then. I think mainly because of that was like, wow, I'm watching a horror movie because there's a cult and a really creepy evil dude with uh, his head painted and a skull with bubbling blood and all that great stuff. So it seriously, those that movie uh, almost set my palette for movies uh, for for the future. That and again, Empire Strikes Back and The Shining. That those movies paved the way for what I like now, and so I'm excited to be a part of the Nightlight Cinema bringing this to the big screen. But we again, we we need people to to advance buy tickets because uh, if not, then this thing doesn't happen, and there uh, there won't be more of them in the future. And we want to have this as an ongoing series. In fact, we've already talked about 
uh, starting a like maybe every other month having a, a Friday the 13th movie showing, starting with the first one and then just working our way up and just every other month have an, another Friday the 13th movie. I, I know that there's a crowd forum. There's an audience forum out there. I'm one of them. Um, and, you know, these movies are readily available on, you know, sometimes on Netflix or Amazon Prime, on DVD and Blu-ray, uh, all that stuff. But here's the thing. Seeing some of these movies with a crowd, a cool crowd, at a cool theater that serves alcohol and is just a fun place on a big screen with a booming sound system, and we crank it up in there. There's just something to that that you cannot get at home. Uh, no matter how big your TV or your projector is at home, you just can't get that theater feel. So Friday the 13th series is a series that we're really hoping to bring in. And um, if Temple of Doom does good... I would love to have Raiders of the Lost Ark show as well as The Last Crusade. We've talked about Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Basically big, fun blockbusters that people would get excited about revisiting in the theater. And the list is endless. And it's not just big blockbusters. We've talked already about some classic movies as well. Lawrence of Arabia came up. Uh, ben Hur got brought up. There's just a lot, and that there's a, a remake coming out too, so that might be something good to tie into that. So we're just looking for different different avenues of uh, of bringing classic cinema to a movie theater, so that people can enjoy these movies as a communal event. So anyway, that's my whole big uh, my big thing right now, trying to get that um, going now. Uh, as far as recently watched and all that good stuff, uh, this show I wanted to mainly just focus on the Tilt campaign and what's coming up. Um, but I did want to, because I've kind of got backlogged on a lot of stuff with cinema's uh, soft underbelly, I do want to catch up just a little bit on some of the stuff that I'm, I'm watching. Um, so right now, and this does definitely, in my, in my opinion, this definitely fits into the uh, soft underbelly model of what my show is all about, and that is the TV show Hannibal. And if you're at all familiar with the character, which I can't imagine you you wouldn't be, uh, it's if you're listening to this show, you know of Silence of the Lambs, Manhunter, uh, Red Dragon, Hannibal, Hannibal Rising. And this TV show as well. Well, I'm not a big TV show person. I like I like my movies. I like my neatly packaged hour and a half to two hour long movies. Watch it. I'm happy or I'm pissed, whatever. Then I move on. TV is another thing. That's where you're investing hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of your time into these characters on a TV show. And I don't have much patience for it. Uh, I lose interest very fast. Uh, about the only show that I'm consistent with at this point is Game of Thrones. There are some other TV shows that I will watch when they when new episodes season and seasons come out. Daredevil is one of them, but otherwise I'm just I would like to stick with movies. I was talked into uh, picking up Hannibal relatively cheap, all three seasons on Blu-ray, and thus far I'm happy to report that that was a good purchase. Season one was very, very good. And by the way, this stars Mads Mikkelsen. And Mads Mikkelsen is such a tremendously talented actor. 
big shoes to fill with playing Hannibal Lecter. Uh, I mean, Anthony Hopkins was the uh, the original, well, not the original, original, but the Silence of the Lambs and, and Hannibal and Red Dragon. He was the guy. And now we have Mads Mikkelsen come in as the new Hannibal. And it works. It works quite well, actually. Uh, Hugh Dancy is in this. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne is in this as well. He is Jack Crawford. He's the uh, head of the FBI. Along with a bunch of... Uh, Jillian Anderson is also in this. Um, but anyway, so the show itself is basically what happens in between Hannibal Rising, when Hannibal is a child, uh, which th- thus far, I'm halfway through season two, they haven't even... They haven't even brought up what he went through, which was what Hannibal Rising movie was. But it, all of this is obviously leading up towards, uh, I would, I guess it would be Manhunter and and Red Dragon. So it's all leading up to that, and then Santa the Lambs, and then lastly Hannibal, which is my favorite uh, favorite of anything Hannibal related is the Ridley Scott movie Hannibal. So. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen does a great job. I am at this point, I'm like, he is Hannibal Lecter. I totally buy him as this character. He's creepy, he's evil, he's extremely intelligent. And it the this show, every episode, there's some sort of delicious looking food that is being made. Like we're talking high art uh, food. And it, the whole goal is to make you be like, wow, that looks so good. But it's people, you see, and that's not a that's not a spoiler. This is Hannibal, and if you know what Hannibal is about, it's about cannibalism. Um, but the show itself, it's really, really good. I'm already, and maybe it's because I've been watching these back to back quite a bit, but I'm getting a bit worn out of it. Where, I'm like, okay, I'm about ready to get back on with my with my movie watching, but it's my. Uh, OCD kicking in full on with this, where it's like, just burn through them, watch the whole thing, and move on. Uh, I will probably take a break after season two, just because I can tell I'm getting a little bit burned out of it already. And I am already glad that it's only three seasons long. And not because I, no, I can't, you know, that I can't take more than three seasons, but it's already feeling just a little long in the tooth as far as believability goes. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character is extremely smart with outwitting the FBI. And these are no, not spoilers. This is, I mean, this, this is common, pretty much com, common knowledge. But after a while, it gets to be redundant to where it's like, really? You guys still don't buy him as the killer? And it's like, come on. It's, it, it's basically, it's a way to keep the show going. This, honestly, at this point, feels like it could have easily been a one maybe two season show and that's it almost like a gigantic mini series of everything leading up to uh, the the red dragon story so these are minor complaints though the acting is still great this was a show that i believe was on N- uh, nbc which is network television every episode is r rated violently graphic stuff it's tv 14 but it's R, like 
It's very, very, very graphic, much more so than the movies other than maybe Hannibal. Uh, This is rough stuff. Wow. And the special effects are fantastic. Not just the practical effects, which there is a bunch of great practical effects, but also the CGI that's used in the movie is great. So I'm really impressed with how this show came together, how it looks. The feel of the show is sinister and it's cold. Um, It's just getting a little long in the tooth with believability and uh, some plot some plot points are altogether abandoned at some point or at some points only to be brought back in later but not touching on a couple of these bigger plot points sooner makes it feel like a, an afterthought i guess you could say or like wait you this is a big this is an important enough thing a side story that's going on and you're not mentioning it for this amount of time that that's it's pulling me out of the show kind of because that wouldn't happen um however it is cool it is on Amazon Prime so if you are an Amazon Prime member you can watch i believe all 3 seasons at least the first two but i think all 3 seasons on there for free streaming in HD I have the Blu-rays. They look fantastic. There's a plethora of special uh, features on them, which I have not got to yet. I probably will once. Uh, after season two, I'm going to take a little break, get caught up on some of my movie watching again. Uh, in fact, I'll probably go through Hannibal, Hannibal Rising and Manhunter uh, as well, just to completely watch everything and anything Hannibal-related and then be done. Uh, but then later on, I'll, I'll, of course, finish up season three. I, I'm really curious because it got canceled and they were planning for – from what I hear, they were planning on more of a six to seven season story arc. That's a lot that was cut. So I'm wondering if it's wrapped up well, if they had the opportunity to to shoehorn everything into three seasons then, if they found out early enough that, hey, we're going to be canceled, let's wrap this up, or if it was a uh, – well – we're done. Oh well, it's the end. Hopefully, it's it's wrapped up nice and tidy, and it makes the movies all the better. And I'm really hoping that as well that this does, to a certain effect, tie into the movies. I'm, uh, we're not there yet to where Hannibal is the known uh, FBI hunted villain. Right now, he's still quote unquote on their side. So it'll be interesting to see if. Just how far do they go? Do they do, does this show go into the actual novels of Red Dragon, Sons of the Lambs, Hannibal? We shall see, or I shall see. You, the listener, may have already watched this show. So, anyway, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, but again, chiming in on the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, really don't want to. Uh, I'm not begging. Uh, but it would be great to have this play, and it can't happen without your support in this. So tell your friends. Uh, click on Facebook. It, I, it's, the information is there on uh, Cinema Soft Underbelly, on Movie Freaks page, on Weaver Media Productions page. We're going to be posting it to Friends of the Nightlight. Go to Friends of the Nightlight. That's where you can find out all things happening within the Nightlight. So we're on there, and even my own personal Facebook page. Uh, really promoting this event, hoping that we can get a lot of interest drummed up in this because if we do, there's going to be more of these coming your way and we would love to have uh, an opportunity to show more classic movies on the big screen. So 
Anyway, and uh, wanted to quick give a shout out to our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. I had the opportunity to be on their last episode. That was a blast. It's always fun to to hang out with those guys and uh, eat pizza and watch a cool movie and then do a podcast. And we really had a good time. And so please give them a listen on iTunes. Make sure that you give them the highest rating you can. Support them uh, as well as Movie Freaks with uh, my co-host Eric Marner and Jess Hicks. You can find us on iTunes as well and as well as Facebook. We are posting reviews over there and some cool movie trailers and just chatting movies. And we are always looking for new things to talk about on the show, new discussion topics. So please let us know either through private message or email or all that good stuff. What we should be, what do you you want to hear us talk about or gab about? And same with me. I'm all ears for other soft underbelly-ish type stuff to talk about. Uh, But anyway, that's going to do it for my show. Again, thanks for listening and until next time.